In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. On our previous two Sundays, and once again today, our readings from Matthew's Gospel have envisioned scenarios that follow a very similar pattern. In each of these, the stories about the virgin, the story about the servants, and the story today about the nations, people are awaiting the arrival of an important figure, and some of them find themselves prepared, and others not. Those who are ready receive some sort of blessing, while the others suffer loss and exclusion. And while the tales of the virgin and the tales of the servants have elements that are slightly outside of our own cultural context, Jesus' words to us in the gospel today are scenarios that we all know very well. Christ's words presented to us are his last of his public teaching ministry as Matthew presents it, his last public discourse. And such, his final teaching It's on the final scene of judgment for which we all need to be prepared ahead of time. We're told in very clear terms in this passage of the difference between the sheep who will enter into God's kingdom and the goats who will be excluded when Christ the King finally takes the throne. This passage shows us what is required for us to be prepared for this coming and to be considered sheep, which I think is something we all desire. If we heed this morning and are faithful to behave sheepishly, we can hope for and expect God's blessing and his kingdom. So let's take a closer look at the passage, briefly at least, so to make sure that we understand what exactly is this distinction between the sheep and the goats. And then we can consider the importance of such hope and what that hope means for us today. Today on Christ the King Sunday, we look forward with a sense of immediacy to Christ's advent, to his coming. He is envisioned for us today not as a bridegroom or as some lord of a household, but as a king who sits enthroned in glory, and not just the king of a regional area, but the king of kings before whom all nations and all people are gathered together. His angels stand with him, serving as his attendants in this scene, in which Jesus, sitting on the throne, has full authority and privilege to bestow favor upon those whom he wishes and to enact justice on the rest. Thankfully, this is not an authority that Jesus wields in any unexpected or seemingly random manner. Instead, the passage tells us with clarity that there is a singular difference on the basis of which to judge some as sheep and others as goats, sheep who inherit the kingdom and goats who suffer everlasting punishment. As Jesus addresses these two groups, we should note the similarities between the two, much as sheep and goats are similar in many ways. Two weeks ago, when we heard about the virgins, there were five that were prepared and five that were not, but all ten were virgins. Last week, we had three servants. Two were faithful and one was not, but all were servants. 
And as we look at the sheep and the goats this week, we should note that all of them respond to him by calling him Lord. If calling Jesus Lord is an expression of faith, we quickly see that that alone is not sufficient. Not everyone has lived a life that reflects that belief. Or perhaps they're only calling him Lord because he now sits on the throne and they can finally see him clearly for who he is, although they certainly didn't recognize it or live that way always. As the Apostle James would tell us, I would show you my faith by my works. They go hand in hand. Such is what we see portrayed in the rest of the scenario this morning. As Christ makes distinction between these two groups, he lays out six common scenarios regarding basic human needs, compassion, and hospitality. He places himself in the role of the one who is hungry, thirsty, imprisoned, a stranger, sick. And he indicates that the sheep have provided him with these things. They've given him food and water. They've took him in and cared for him and provided him a room, even though he was an alien, a stranger, a refugee. They've clothed him, visited him, and cared for him in all ways. When the sheep hear this, they're actually a little baffled. Not aware how they possibly could have done these things. They haven't seen Jesus himself in these scenarios. Their error in the moment seems to be that they took Jesus' words perhaps quite literally. To clarify, Jesus says, That which you've done to the least of one of these, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, The term brother in Matthew's gospel and throughout most of the New Testament carries the significance not of physical family, but of spiritual kinship, suggesting that the sheep have here cared for God's people, his church, first and foremost. Through their faith, the sheep have regularly cared for other people in the church and have thus also cared for Jesus himself. And their reward for such sheepish behavior is to receive their inheritance in God's kingdom. The goats, on the other hand, are presented with the same scenarios and thought, believed that they had done those things. Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or naked, and did we not provide for you? They ask. Christ's rebuke comes in which he indicates that their actions, although they may have taken them, were not toward the least of these, implying the same language as before where he specifies the least of these, my brothers, the brothers and sisters of Christ, those of God's people. These are people who have not cared for the people of faith. This is the dividing point between the sheep and the goats. Not a statement of faith, but their actions and behavior and how they've cared for one another, especially the faithful in the church. I can say without reservation that all of us want to be judged as sheep on this day. And we all want to behave sheepishly in this life so that we can be judged as such when Christ takes his throne. And I consider it a great blessing to serve in a parish that has a long and rich history of caring for one another 
and for the church Christian community in such ways. Whether it is providing meals for those who are sick or have a newborn at home, whether it is giving our time and money to places like Jesus' house to help clothe and provide for the homeless in the name of Christ, or Stephen ministers who regularly help us care for the sick. In these and many myriad ways, this is a congregation that tends to show love for one another very well, and thus to show that kind of love towards Christ. That is a blessing both now and later. Such actions are what we need to do and to continue doing for one another here at this parish and throughout our Christian community to be rightly prepared for the time when Jesus comes and takes his throne. And having done so, we can have hope in what Jesus says is what is coming to them. To receive the kingdom that has been prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Ponder that. If there is a kingdom that has been prepared for you since the foundation of the world, there's nothing new to God. His hope for you, his promise of his kingdom for you, what he wants to give you has been already planned out forever in history and into our future. Such a grand and glorious hope, such a kingdom that is beyond any of our imaginations is of vital importance, especially, I think, in a year such as this. The promise of eternal life without pain and suffering is not a hope that we hold in vain. It is not hollow of meaning and purpose in our day-to-day lives. Just this week, I've had multiple conversations in which the topic of weariness has been the subject of how this year and the rest of our lives has just brought us to the place of being weary, burdened. How do we endure such a marathon of continual grief, the loss of almost all normal patterns of life, let alone the grief of sickness and death among our friends and our families. To be able to endure through such requires belief and hope that is something in something that is bigger and more permanent. And such is the hope that this passage offers to the sheep today. If we truly believe as we should that God is sovereign and has ultimate authority over the world, we can have hope. If we truly believe that Christ is the King of kings, we can expect him to shepherd his sheep, to strengthen us to do the good works that he has prepared for us to walk in. If we believe and do those works, and especially as we care for one another, we can look forward beyond the pandemic and beyond the suffering and the limitations of this fleshly, earthly life to a time when we will hear the words, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, my fellow Christians, stay strong. Keep loving and caring for one another as you do so well. And let us remember our hope and the reason why we do it all in the first place. 
the Jesus who has loved us and came and lived and died and rose again for us, the God, the Father who promises it all, the Spirit whom he gives us day by day to enable us and strengthen us to endure. Let us endure with hope in what is coming. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.